0: friends, and welcome to this episode of Self-Kind with me, Erica Webb. Today, I want to talk all about the fact that somatics is popping up everywhere at the moment and a few kind of key things that I want to share with you about what that means and what somatics truly is. Hi, and welcome to Self-Kind with me, Erica Webb. This is a podcast about what it means to be, live, and move through a lens of self-kindness. We'll look at the ways self-kindness can underpin our practices in movement, mindfulness, and mindset to support us to be and do the things we so desire in the world. I'm thrilled you're here. Let's get into the show. So I don't know if it's just me, but I'm seeing somatics popping up everywhere at the moment. And even just a few months ago, 12 months ago, that wasn't really a thing. And it's funny, I have been a somatic exercise coach since about 2016 i think and i did my training over a number of years and so i've been kind of in this somatics world for quite a long time and i've not called myself a somatic teacher in a very public way right like it wasn't how i would introduce myself it wasn't necessarily front and center on my website um because nobody knew what it was because it's not a new modality by any stretch but it is not a very well-known one when you compare it to something like yoga or Pilates or anything else. But what I've noticed in the last little while is that somatic practices are popping up everywhere. And that word is suddenly a little bit like hot, right? Like people are using it all over the place. And I think it would be useful to use this episode to talk a little bit about that and to talk a little bit about some of the things that I want you to know about that word somatics. And that's because it's not always used in the same way. And so one person speaking about somatics or somatic exercise or somatic practices isn't necessarily talking about the same thing as somebody else. And I mean, we see parallels of this in other places too. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to a yoga class and then you switch teachers it's usually not the same thing. Um, If you've visited multiple chiropractors or osteopaths, they don't always practice in the same way or with the same focus. And so I guess it's not unusual to kind of have this word that has an overall sense, but maybe doesn't have one single kind of presentation in the world. But I think because somatics is kind of new to the more popular a framework or narrative or language use, it's kind of worth just diving into this a little bit and exploring it. So the word somatics, well, if we back it up, the word soma is a Greek word that means body. So when we talk about somatics or somatic practices, we're talking about practices that are of the body. So when you think of it from a broad kind of view like that, Anything that we do with our body can be somatic. Yoga can be somatic. Pilates can be somatic. Weightlifting can be somatic because they're all things that are of the body, right? We're doing it with our body. I guess what tends to set somatics apart, if we don't even consider this as being somatic exercise yet, let's just think about somatics as a broad term, it's an invitation to be in contact with your felt experience in a body. So in the somatic world, we tend to think of the soma in somatics as being that kind of first person, excuse me, first person view of ourselves from the inside out. So it's not just like, here's my arms and here's my legs and I have a body and it's kind of distinct from my mind or anything like that. It's far more about this kind of whole human Felt experience from the inside out, one that takes account of all the other kind of internal feelings that we might have that are not necessarily purely of the body. So, the somatic approach really is a way of connecting with yourself, connecting with your body, connecting with your experience of being in yourself or being yourself, really. So, that's what we're talking about when we talk about somatics. What is interesting at the moment is that we're seeing that being used to sell lots of different things and also just used in lots of different ways. And interestingly, I've noticed too on Facebook in kind of some of the like community pages that I'm a part of in my local area, I've had, I've noticed a few times people asking for local somatic yoga teachers Now, that's not something that anybody has asked for in the last 10 years of me being in that world, Um, but I'm starting to notice that that is a practice that's being asked for. Now, is yoga, somatic practice all on its own without adding somatic exercise? I would argue yes, very much so. It has the potential to be, depending on the viewpoint that we take. But somatic exercise, so the thing that I teach, I guess is a little bit different again in the sense that it focuses on a particular kind of movement. So that's kind of a long intro, but I want to go through six things that I want you to know about somatics, somatic practices, somatic exercise, so that when you see this word popping up all the time in all the places about all the things, you can have that kind of broader awareness of what it is that's being talked about. So number 1, and I already touched on this in the intro, but this idea of the soma is integral to this idea of somatics. This capacity that we have to be aware of ourselves from the inside out, to have this real kind of connection between our body and our mind. Now that doesn't always come easily, of course, and um it's something that gets fostered through the practice as well, so it's kind of like the, the basis of the practice, and yet it gets fostered through the practice, so we don't necessarily need to start with it, but it's what is invited in that practice. And so when we think of somatic practices, or when you hear that being offered, think of it that way, right? It's this mind-body experience, this invitation to experience yourself from that place of the soma, your individual viewpoint, because nobody else has access to the inside-out view of you. Number two is that practices that claim to be somatic are ultimately about enhancing and helping you become more skilled at recognizing your state, right? So it's interesting to consider that sometimes we don't know how we feel or we have a kind of mind-only appreciation of how we feel. So we can say, well, I'm sad, or I'm angry, or I'm this, or I'm that. We don't always link the thought-based understanding with what's happening in our body. And so somatic practices help us to kind of link those things up and start to see our responses, our state as being a combination or a culmination even of the mind-body relationship. And what that can do is to allow us a little bit more of an entryway into being able to change our state, being able to see our state and then understanding more clearly how to support ourselves. The thing that I think is interesting about this point is that, you know, the work that I do, I'm, I'm both a somatic exercise coach and a counsellor. And I take a very somatic lens to counselling that sometimes incorporates movement, but not always, but we can still be taking a somatic lens even if we're not moving, right? And so part of that kind of somatic approach to counselling is helping or supporting my clients to make those links between how we think and how we feel how what shows up in our body can be a really helpful thing to understand and kind of help us work through some of our thoughts. And sometimes working through the body and noticing how that feels and being able to change how we feel can also then impact how we think. And so when we, again, consider this idea of somatics and and being in our soma, somatic exercise is very movement-based But somatic practices won't always be, even if they are of the body, because some of it will be an awareness of that connection. And number three really builds on that, because I think the other thing that we're seeing a lot more of at the moment is nervous system regulation practices and talk of nervous system regulation. And somatics is that, right? So somatics is that. There can be some subtle differences, yes. But this ability to be in contact with your soma, to notice the connections between body and mind, to be able to sense shifts in state, that is so much of what it means to become more um, understanding of and skilled at regulating our nervous systems. Because in order to regulate something, we have to understand it. We have to be able to kind of hear it or sense it or feel it. Know what's going on. And so, nervous system regulation practices are somatic practices for the most part. There might be some exception to that rule that I'm not thinking of right now, but for the most part, nervous system regulation is a somatic practice. And to link that up a little bit more with what I was just sort of talking about in the previous point around how sometimes there will be movement involved in somatic practices, but not always, from a kind of counseling point of view part of it might also be noticing the way that our mind creates stories based on the way that we feel in our body and so these this sort of nervous system regulation can sometimes be based in that as well and noticing oh when my body feels dysregulated when my heart rate starts to increase or my stomach starts to churn or my muscles are really tight there's a story that's also generated in my head about Mm, right? They're doing something wrong. I'm doing something wrong. I must be bad. This must be bad. We start to generate stories. And so somatic practices can also be noticing our body and how it's kind of affecting how we think. Now I'm going to give you three more. So four, five, and six are all, I'm going to make them more related to actual somatic exercise. Now somatic exercise is a modality. So much like yoga is kind of a broad term, and then we might go and do a particular style of yoga in a class, somatics is a broad term, and somatic exercise is one sort of arm of of that, right? It's one way to practice this awareness of our soma. So somatic exercise and the way that I've been trained in that I am not a Hannah Somatic practitioner, but that is the style of somatics that I've kind of been um, trained in, which you're like, how have you been trained in it? But you're not one. So you have to have been trained directly by somebody who was trained at a particular institution to be a Hannah Somatics practitioner. I have not done that. Um, I have been trained by someone else and um, my teacher is amazing, Lisa Peterson. If you ever want to get certified as a somatic exercise coach, cannot recommend her highly enough. She is amazing. Um, anyway, I digress. So that, that model of movement is based in something called pandiculation. Now, I'm going to link up a different episode from this podcast, episode number 173, where I talk a little bit more about like the mechanics of that. What does that actually look like, feel like, mean? But essentially, pandiculation is a a movement of the body or a movement of a particular muscle area where we take the muscles more into contraction. So if you're watching the video, I'm shrugging my shoulders up towards my ears. If you're not watching the video, I've just described what I'm doing. So taking muscles more into a state of contraction and then slowly and consciously releasing that contraction. That's kind of a very basic description of what pandiculation is. And somatic exercise is based in that form of movement. So it's a slow practice, it's a mindful practice, and it's a practice that's intended to very clearly influence the brain-body connection. So then we want to loop this back to the first point that I made, or a point that I made a little while ago, that when we think of the word somatics, it just means of the body. And so if you find yourself... Being advertised or offered something that is somatics, it doesn't necessarily mean it's somatic exercise. Okay. Um, I think that that's just important to realize because I remember one time I went to see a body um, person, a body person, I think it was a chiropractor, and I mentioned that I was a somatics teacher. And he was like, Oh, one of my colleagues did somatics and ended up off work for a month working through things. And I was like, "Like, what, what happened? That just sounds really unusual. And as we continued to talk, it turned out that what this colleague of his had done was actually somatic experiencing, which is a form of therapy, a form of um, kind of more mind-body therapy. And I guess somatic exercise could be considered a therapy of sorts as well. So that doesn't necessarily give you a really clear idea of how they're different, but they're just different, right? So somatic experiencing is a different mode. It's a different, that's not what I wanted to say, a different, I can't think of a word. It's different. And so when we are being offered up things that are somatic in nature, I just want to point that out. Somatic exercise is based in pandiculation. Somatic practices are of the body. And so potentially two different things, which can cause, well, more than two, but can potentially cause some confusion if that isn't known, right? Number five. I have to try to figure out how to count. Number five. I want to make it really clear that whilst amazing and bloody awesome, somatics, like anything else, is not magic and it is not necessarily a quick fix. We can get really quick, rapid impact from somatic exercise and somatic practices. But at the same time, there is not that one thing that we're going to do that once we do it, we're like, whoa, I'm fixed. I never have to do anything again. I never have to worry about anything again because I found the magic pill. It's not that. And nothing is, right? I just, I just think we spend so much time thinking, well, is this the thing? And whilst it's so useful to try new things and to be open to trying new things and to be exploratory in the way that we look for tools to support our well-being i think and i'm and i'm I ju- this is just a thought but i feel like the surge in you know talk of somatics has a magical quality to it in some arenas like here it is Here's the golden thing that's going to fix you finally. And I really encourage you to be discerning with messaging like that because nothing's magic. I don't have a magic wand to kind of take away everything that ails you. We're human and that is tricky to navigate and somatics, along with lots of other different tools, are so helpful in navigating that, but it's still not magic. And so somatic yoga isn't necessarily going to be any more transformative than the yoga that you've already been doing. It might be, it might be a better fit for you, right? Like maybe, but at the same time, just because we put the word somatic in front of it doesn't make it more magical, doesn't make it better we have to also then go and be like okay well what does this feel like in my body how does this actually impact me because that's going to be your better guide your better way of making an assessment of like whether this is a useful tool for you just the word somatics on its own doesn't guarantee that we want to have a felt experience we want to be able to check in and go okay well how does this affect me how does this impact how i feel that's going to be a far better guide and um assessment than anything else will be. And finally, number six, and this number six really relates to the last one. It's not magic and it's not a one-time thing. So when we think about somatic exercise, I have had instances for myself in my own body and instances with clients where pain and tension has just like gone after one session. But at the same time, then we go and live our lives, and we get more discomfort, we get more pain because we're living human lives that require repetitive motion, that require long periods of time sitting and doing whatever else, that have stressful impacts on us because of all the things that happen in a human life. And so it's not something that we just can do for six sessions or one session and then be like, great. Now, again, I don't have to think about this. I'm sorted. Any kind of self-care we have to keep showing up for in some form or another. We don't have a point where we go, oh, good, done. I'm finished. It just doesn't work like that because stress will continue to impact how we feel. Movement, and, and habits and how we interact with our environment will continue to impact how we feel. So we have to stop looking for the, you know, discrete period of time to do the thing that's then going to let us be free from any need to tend to our needs. It doesn't work like that. So again, yes, you can get quick, rapid impact from somatic exercise and you're probably going to have to keep showing up for it over and over again. So I want to just point that out because, again, I think sometimes just adding this sort of fairly mysterious word, currently anyway, to the front of something and being like, hey, here's the somatic solution to the things that, you know, are problems in your life right now can be alluring and it can make you feel like maybe this is it. Maybe this is it, and when I do that class or when I do that one movement, poof, everything is going to be gone. Nope. <laughs> Sorry to burst that bubble. But we have to keep showing up. We have to keep showing up for ourselves, whether that's through somatic exercise, somatic practices, or something completely different. Everything is going to require our ongoing commitment. That doesn't have to be an awful, hard challenging bad thing and the truth is there will be periods of your life where probably you don't show up for those things and then you come back to them and we go through these cycles but if we just have that expectation from the get-go that like I'm caring for myself all the way through all the way through to the end of this life then that is going to be a more realistic place from which we can then explore the tools that we have access to. So I hope that's helpful. I am mindful of the fact that those six tips straddled multiple ideas around somatics. So somatic practices and somatic exercise. So let me just recap the difference. Somatic practices of the body, something that is inviting a connection between your mind and your body, your brain and your body, and reminding you and Um, fostering that connection, reminding you that they are connected and fostering that connection, deepening it. Somatic exercise, that plus movement that is based in pandiculation. And so recognizing that distinction, I've had heaps of ads popping up on my like Instagram story feed around somatics. And I probably look at them with a more curiously critical eye, but more through that lens of like, is this clear for people? Is this being used in the true sense of somatics, or is it being used as a buzzword to garner more attention and to kind of make that suggestion that this has a property to it or a quality to it that is somehow more magical? And I just... I don't know, maybe that's skeptical of me, perhaps, I'm not sure, but I want to just invite you to recognize that difference. It's not, you know, there's also this, this, um, you know, it's not like a, I, I also don't want to be like morally superior here and be like, well, the only kind of somatics that matters is blah, absolutely not. There are so many, as I've sort of said, so many different ways that we can engage in somatic practices somatic exercise is one of them. And it's one that I love, but it is certainly not the only valid form of a somatic practice. At the same time, just be discerning with how you receive that word, especially if it seems to be a bit of a sales pitch. That's my two, my two thoughts, many more than two thoughts, but my two, my two cents worth at least. All right. Let me know if you have questions. I absolutely love to hear from you. You can ask me questions about this episode. You can ask me to focus on something specific for future episodes. I would love to hear from you. You can come over and find me in the DMs on Instagram at EricaWebb underscore self kind. Um, Come visit me on my website. There's a little chat function there that will send me a message as well. And until next time, keep being kind to yourselves. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Self Kind. If you loved it, why not share it? And while you're there, take the time to subscribe, rate, and review the show. I'd love you to come hang out with me more too. You'll find me over on Instagram at EricaWebb underscore Self Kind. And you can sign up for my e-newsletter by heading to my website, EricaWebb.com.au. While you're there, you can also read up more about the Self Kind Hub and other ways of working with me. Until next time, keep being kind to yourself. Bye.